Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Every championship was on the line tonight at Clash of Champions. We're here to talk all about the fallout here on AfterBuzz TV. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Welcome, everybody, to the Clash of Champions after show here at AfterBuzz TV. Uh, I kind of want to get right into it because there is a lot to talk about, but as always, I am not alone. I'm here joined by the esteemed colleagues of mine. Me, I am George Hermosa, but it doesn't matter who I am because I want to know who you guys are. Oh, I'm Bubba Boyce uh, on the Moral After Show and the NXT After Show. But who are we here with you, George? Love being here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I am Jack Farmer, and I have been waiting all day to come in because this is going to be a cracking episode. This I'm is going to so be excited a... to see you guys. Yeah. This is going to be a cracking episode. Uh, the first thing I want to say is Michael Cole in the beginning emphasized that all the champion, the one night that all championships are going to be on the line at Clash of Champions. I'm sorry, weren't all the titles on the line at WrestleMania? I guess so. If you think about it, was it? Yeah. Hey, yeah, pretty much. don't let facts get in the way of a good tagline. That's true. Especially that meets or exceeds WrestleMania. I'm, I, but I, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm also the guy that says, like, oh, the one night where Raw and SmackDown meet at Survivor Series. It was also the first time in history that the tag team champions were supposed to face off for the title, but... Yeah, that's true. I mean, we, they kind of open up the match or open up the, the, the whole event. Uh, they were supposed to be the first time, but I guess they were saying the first time that they would defend the belts and face off against each other right. on the same night, but it turns out that when we actually saw the main event, they were no longer tag team, tag team champions. So they didn't fall right. under that same boat as the John Cena, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 23, as the Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, WrestleMania 21, being former champion or tag team champions facing off against each other in a match. Right. Uh, with that said, we did uh, close the show with the uh, the main event, Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship. What do you guys think of that match overall? And were you a little like upset that they lost the belt heading into this match? Upset the loss of belts? Absolutely not. Uh, I thought the match itself was great. Uh, very proven that Braun Strowman won't get the, the wins when it counts, but it did hit me during that match. It's like, man, that doesn't really exist, that having someone at Braun's size running as fast and as long as he did. I feel like he has to like, put himself in the, the modern era of wrestling. Solid match. I'm, I'm sure you're going into more detail with the aftermath of mm-hmm. said match, but I, thought, I, did, I did think it was a cool main event. Yeah, I thought it had some spots in it that were really interesting. Uh, I was talking to a friend of the show, Manj, uh, during the show. We were, we were chatting, and uh, um, Seth Rollins has quietly become a bit of a repetitive match guy. He used to always have these really great matches, but a lot of his big matches have just been uh, big guy, stomp, stomp, kick out, stomp, pin. That seems to be all of his big matches now, which is really weird for a guy who, uh, not too long ago, was a guy you always count on as having match-of-the-night kind of matches. So that was something that I took away from that actual match. Do you think Seth Rollins works best in maybe a non-small versus bigger man match? Like we saw earlier this year against AJ Styles, which I thought was a phenomenal match. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you think maybe those kind of matches work best for him as champion as opposed to his matches with Brock, which, by the way, loved his match with Brock, but now it's against Braun Strowman. Like, do you think maybe 
he needs to go back to wrestling a guy maybe closer to his size? I think it's more a psychology thing. I know that AJ was the anomaly, but I felt like when he was in the IC division, there really was more of a pull to, to get him over as someone with high work rate. Uh, you have people watching casually, your, your main champion, you want those high-impact moves. Maybe at the expense of having a, a fluid match, you get your staunch and sling blades all day. Yeah, his stomp is quickly becoming one of the least effective finishers in wrestling. How many times does he have to hit that? But you people? don't think that it just maybe gets guys like Brock or Braun more over? Because, I mean, you have two sides of the argument, either thinking, oh, they're totally crapping on the finish, or, man, it's taking that much to put away Braun Strowman and a pedigree? I mean, but if you did that with other people's finishers, right, you would say that the finisher is just no longer any good. If it was the end of days and every time he did it, he had to do it three times yeah. for Baron Corbin to get a win, you'd be like, that's a terrible finisher. It never works. Actually, the Superman punch, for example. So you don't think it put over maybe Braun Strowman a little bit more? Not tonight. The no. fact that he was kept kicking out of it? Not when it, the, the same exact thing happened to Brock Lesnar just mm-hmm. a month ago. It, it's, it just seems like the finisher is not that strong. But I, 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 we do have to give tons of love and tons of credit for the scariest moment of the night, which was Braun Strowman coming off the top rope. Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, yes. The, whole, the whole time, him climbing up, him kind of be- losing his balance a little bit, then him coming off the top rope, that is an image we're going to see in many, many uh, videos That was a good-looking splash, too. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was Chris. It did feel like he was going to himself over the top rope. Yeah, yeah. He, he did almost stumble. He looked like he, he almost lost balance. Did he yeah. really hurt his leg? I don't know if he really hurt it or if that was just for the match and he's actually sold it really well. I think he sold it really well. It, yeah. So we got to give, give Braun some love then because he sold it really well. It looked like it was a real... Like he really hurt his leg. Now, I don't want to flip-flop all over the event. Obviously, we're talking about Seth and Braun. So, but they did open the night as well. Probably one of the first times, maybe even the first time we even see uh, that in this... Uh, kind of championship atmosphere. I know we saw with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30 opening and closing the show, but Seth and Braun, you know, teaming and then facing off against each other against uh, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Now, I wanted to talk to you, Jack, because you tweeted Mm -hmm. earlier... Because yes. I didn't know I didn't follow you until not too long ago. I was so um, hurt. <laughs> I was like, I think somebody like retweeted you or something. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm not following him. Uh, but you said, like, you can't call them a team that just randomly put together anymore. We won't be saying that for long. Because uh, it's something that when they first came together and something that I had mentioned on the, the Raw after show is a lot of people didn't like this team because they were a team that was just thrown together. And I was saying if they do well and they're together for a long time and they have success and win the titles, it won't matter that they were just thrown together. And so I believe with this win that they're going to start erasing that whole notion that they were a team that was just thrown together. Would you say, now with that said, because I'm going to challenge you on what you just said, Uh-oh. would you say the same about former tag team champions – Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre. Um, I have to go back and remember. How long were they a team? I can't even remember. Like a month. Well, <laughs> I mean, they won the championships. I want to. I think they beat like John Cena and like the Miz. No, no, not them. Like one of like one of the, during the Nexus days or the new Nexus yeah. days. Where it was, I, to me at that time, same thing. It was like where you just can't do anything better with these guys. Well, I'm, so some teams are just thrown together. Obviously, like uh, uh, Rusev and Nakamura, but. I mean, some teams like the Bar, we never talked about how they were just thrown together not since they made a good run as a team as well. I'm going to challenge that as well. Because it wasn't just two guys put together. They had like a best of five or best of seven yeah. that culminated in them being a team. You didn't see no best of seven with it, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. They were just like... Oh, I'm sorry. Robert, Robert Roode. <laughs> Robert Roode. Uh, they were just like, oh, by the way, these guys are a team in the largest tag team turmoil gauntlet match ever. Like... I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I want to be with you. I'm right. just not. 
So how so how long do they have to be together, and how successful do they have to be before you go? I guess they they weren't just two random thrown together. I guys. want or them. Will to... they be Will they be the Dudley Boys someday? And you're just like, nah, they're just randomly thrown together. I okay, so I'm sorry. It's about presentation, man. I feel like when a tag team has a, a, a combined finishing move or a, a unified song, or they even dress similarly, then those are things to be in the gel. Like you said, the Bar is one of my favorite teams in the modern modern era, the reality era. But at the, at the end of it, they acted like a classic team. Um, I just don't like it when random people are put together just because. And it did feel that way with, with Bobby, Robert, and Dolph. But, like, I'm, I'm buying it now. I feel like they, they're they both arrogant in their own certain way. And Robert needs something, so. So, wait, 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 though. I just had a revelation. <laughs> so, are you saying Rusev and Nakamura were not randomly paired together? Because they were feuding over the U.S. title before they got put together. That's true. I think they were randomly put together. So But, the, 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 but, but they that, never won the belts. But doesn't that, doesn't that may, mean that... Feuding beforehand doesn't make you. You said the reason the bar isn't randomly thrown together is because that they had a best of seven match. But these two, uh, or they, yeah, they did a best of seven. These two were feuding over a title, so they were having matches before. But it didn't too. culminate into that. They just kind of like Nakamura turned heel first, mm-hmm. uh, and then Rusev right. eventually turned heel, and they just they just kind of like, oh, I, I guess we're a team, you know? I don't know. I, I, there's something a dynamic that that's not really there. But I completely agree with what you said, Flobo. Once I see them at least wear the same color tights, have like a awesome finishing move, I think they're gonna call. I think they're gonna, they're going to call themselves absolutely glorious, which. Kind of sucks as a name, a, but but at least it's a name. name. At least it's a name. You know glorious what I mean? show-offs or glorious heels. Yeah, exactly. Glorious, like, glorious heels. <laughs> yeah, because Ziggler was doing the hashtag heel thing. Yeah, heel he Ziggler. Is. He's at heel Ziggler. Yeah, I like glorious heels. That's now, what I would go for. Now this is this is I, I let you guys in, in advance uh, early warning on what I'm about to do right now. I'm going to give a hot take about Bobby Roode, Robert Roode. Uh, now we all see, have seen this is Robert Roode's you know tag team championship uh, first one in WWE, uh, not his first overall. But we all kind of saw Robert Roode come into the WWE first through NXT, had massive success in NXT, mm-hmm. coming in as a babyface on SmackDown, winning the U.S. belt, going to Raw, and having moderate success there. My question for you guys is, do you think somebody like Robert Roode just needs to look at himself in the mirror and say, man, as great as I am, maybe I'm just better as a tag team wrestler? Yes. Wow, really? Without, without any, okay. Because you look at you look at the you look, look at the track at record, is, right? Eric Young, great mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. Beer Money, one of the best teams at that time, okay. the, the best team yeah. in the business. Right. For yeah. them to be in TNA and be the best yeah. team, in the business, that's a pretty big deal. Sure. And then kind of fast forward, even his team with Austin Aries in TNA, that was a fun yeah. team. Now fast forward, whether or not it's 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 a longevity or not, it's going to stay. Now him and Ziggler, is it just something where you, you are you are we blaming somebody like Vince for not seeing much in Robert Roode? Are we blaming with somebody like Robert Roode for just maybe not that be, not being that great as, as a singles guy and maybe he just met for tag team wrestling aka Billy Gunn or also like Billy Gunn the one Billy Gunn the one yeah I agree I think he's a, and, and I don't mean that as a put down I no it's not a bad great, thing being great at tag team is, is great that's a great spot for him I think as you'd mentioned whenever I think of his highlights at least to me they're all tag team things uh, I thought Beer Money I agree with you I thought Beer Money was one of my favorite tag teams of that era uh, kind of underrated Backstage, we were talking about our favorite tag teams. That was one of those ones that I forgot to mention. I love mm-hmm. those guys. But, yeah, I, I think he's a great tag team guy. He seems to know how to work with people really well. I would have been 
agreeing with you guys if NXT didn't happen. I felt like mm-hmm. they put the time to make him a singles competitor. They gave him the giant theme song, and he had the entrance. It had the NXT Championship. I was willing to buy him as a single competitor until he got drafted to SmackDown, and they, you know, made the, the theme a little bit shorter. His entrance was a little bit shorter. He became that guy. Kind of got knocked around, and then he disappeared and became the U.S. title champion. So what about Bo Dallas? Because you you describe many things, many of the same things about Bo Dallas. They gave him a cool entrance. They gave him the title, mm-hmm. and now he's a B team. Now no, he's attacking guy. <laughs> the thing is, I, I think Robert Roode has way more. No, I, Bo and, Dallas did. I think that that's what carried him for being a, a guy. Let me just say, even I disagree with my sentiment because I I completely think the world of Robert Roode, but in reality. Maybe he just meant to be a tag team guy. I, I love I love Robert Roode. He's one, I I'm a huge fan of his. I was gonna say too. As far sometimes NXT is kind of the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. Things and things that work in NXT don't necessarily work everywhere else. Right. And I'm a huge NXT fan, yeah, but it's just sure. it's just I, I don't know. Just because it works there doesn't mean it's going to work everywhere. Um, like I said, I. There was a time when he first came to the main roster. I really wanted to see him get a main event push, but as time's gone on, I agree. I think his his run as a tag team guy has just been, it's been his best stuff. Maybe, <laughs> uh, but before we wrap up, I want to get your guys' thoughts on the Fiend coming out. Obviously, Seth Rollins beats Braun Strowman with like eighteen curb stomps and a pedigree, and then at the end, Bray Wyatt. Now we all heard the rumors that it's going to be Hell in a Cell, Bray versus Bray challenging whoever the winner was. But now it seems like it's actually official. Do you think it's maybe too soon for somebody like the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, to get a championship match, or like, what, do you have any uh, alternatives on what to do in this scenario? Absolutely, he, the Fiend, or even Bray Wyatt. I'm not even sure if Bray Wyatt's still a wrestler or just going to be just the Fiend wrestling these mm-hmm. matches. Uh, he won over Finn Balor. Uh, a, a very beatable Finn Balor the rest of his last uh, couple of matches so you put him right into the Universal Championship run you booked yourself into a corner because if he does not get that Universal Championship then where does the Fiend go and if he does get that Universal Championship where does Seth go so um, it's kind of a difficult situation but I mean it is soon I think I think it's the exact right move and you're going to hate the reason why because it's hell in a cell and it's building up to Halloween and his merch is going to sell like crazy with huh. him getting a world title push during the build-up to Halloween. How cynical of you. That's, I mean, it's, well, it's a business. <laughs> Gotta right? sell that merch. I, yeah, I think, I think his stuff is going to sell like crazy. The lantern, the mask, I think all that stuff is going to be selling. And you want to position him in a place where it's going to be at the forefront of all marketing. It's going to be a Universal Championship, though. It could be anything else. It could have another premiere matchup it's, it's with someone. It's not the same if he's having a match with Chad Gable. Well, first of all, Gable like, sucks. But I'm just saying. They what? Be, he sucks. He, he could be someone else on that level or better. <laughs> George uh, is going to walk off this. <laughs> uh, uh, something better, I think, a Universal <laughs> level, a Universal Championship match. You know. I mean, uh, but why not? Who else? Who, who should get the match? I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say he shouldn't have a title. I think it's too soon. I'm not saying he shouldn't be against Seth Rollins. I think it makes sense that you have this hot character. I just feel like, hey, look, he's only beaten Finn Balor. So unless you're really going to push him beating other people to now and then, it just seems like, well, why does he get a title match? Quote, quote. I have I have a question about the Fiend though, and this is a serious. This is a real question. Is the are we as viewers supposed to assume that the Fiend is supernatural? Or that it's just Bray Wyatt crazy? Like the Undertaker, we assume has supernatural powers, right? Does the Fiend have supernatural powers, or is it just a guy with like a split personality? I don't think so. I'm going to go with split personality, because I look whenever I watch the Fiend, especially tonight was a perfect example, it feels like I'm watching a horror movie, right? Somebody like Jason. Right. Jason can't really die, 
But like, but he doesn't have the ability to be invisible, or he doesn't have the ability to be like, you know, just come out of nowhere. Like he just kind of does, but like he's still right. like in real time, not like Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger is in your dreams. Right. But I, I look at Bray Wyatt, something like Jason, like a Michael Myers, where he just kind of creeps up out of nowhere. To me, it's more of a horror film as opposed yeah. to like a supernatural film. That's just my that, impression. Yeah, I'm saying both. Is the demon supernatural, or is that just Bray Wyatt or uh, Finn Balor? painting himself up. I think it's about just painting yeah, himself yeah. up. Okay. Alter ego, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but watching this, um, one thing I realized, uh, la- during the SummerSlam show, I said I wasn't a fan of the Bray Wyatt entrance and things, and I got some uh, I got some heat for it from, from uh, the people who listen. But watching today, I was thinking, instead of the entrance he does now, I think I would rather him come to the ring just with the lights going out and the weird noises and then him just being in the ring. I think that's how his entrance should be. Uh, we never actually see him walk out. I love his, min- I love his new entrance music. Mm. That could be what he, I the, can't the music that it. plays after. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the Mankind theme? Like yeah. his, his victory theme? Yeah, should, maybe that's his victory theme, but he walks out with the uh, just appearing there. Well, either way, it looks like we are headed for Seth Rollins Bray Wyatt. Whether or not we see it, we see it in a Hell in a Cell. I don't think it deserves a Hell in a Cell, but we'll see if it's going to be in there. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all these shows for you free is by our amazing sponsors. And today, Spotify is one of our sponsors. On Spotify, you can listen to all of your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcast so you don't miss an episode. Premium users can even download episodes to listen to offline wherever they are, and you can easily share what you're listening to with all your friends and following on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app and search for AfterBuzz TV on Spotify or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure you follow us so you never miss an episode of AfterBuzz TV. But another another championship fight we saw tonight on Clash of Champions is uh, Kofi and Randy Orton. Yeah. This seems like to be like the end of the rivalry. It looks like it. Were you guys satisfied with the ending of this? Do you think it's? Do we are we going to see one more match with Kofi and Randy, or is was was this it? Uh, I think it, it served its purpose. I mean, uh, you know, Randy Orton did the job clean, and and now you can say Kofi had that one legitimate feud as a title run that kind of opens up storytelling to actually put the belt off of him if you feel the need to, or you can have the next challenger. So I'm fine if there's another month to it. That'd be great as a payoff of a Hell in a Cell match. But if it ended today, I wouldn't be upset. I loved that Kofi Kingston won this match. I thought for sure Randy Orton was going to win it, and then we were going to watch Kofi chase him for the title for a little bit because the program's been good so far, and I thought mm-hmm. that would be the next progression. But uh, Flobo, like you alluded to, what I loved about <laughs> Kofi winning is this felt like his first real big defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had talked about this a little bit before. I can't remember if it was on Raw or if it was on uh, the previous SummerSlam show, but... Um, it's nice that he's getting the chance to to have that big feud. All of his other feuds were they were good matches and things like that, but it never felt like there was that real personal, right. deeply rooted rivalry. And now he has that win, and now whoever the next challenger is, if he loses it, it'll feel like yeah, he that was still a really good run. True. So what do you think? Uh, what do you think is next for Kofi Kingston? Obviously, he's been champion since WrestleMania. He's beaten like Kevin Owens, you know, Randy Orton. And he's beaten a good amount of people. Now I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but Fox is coming up. You know, the the first Fox show, Kofi Kingston is going to be the face of SmackDown. Like, do you have maybe Brock come in? Or do you want to see Kofi maybe go into, you know, be the face of Fox SmackDown? 
I would love to see him as face of SmackDown, but as far as who's the next person is, I really don't know. Is there's, there's been announced there's gonna be a new draft the week <laughs> afterwards, so we don't know what the roster's gonna look like if they're gonna be a hard split or not. But Brock's in the mix. I mean, Bray Wyatt is still there if he loses, doesn't get the Universal Championship there. Um, there's a lot of options there for for he's a smaller champion, so he doesn't have to doesn't have to have a monster to be his next opponent. Yeah, it's it is really a toss up. As you're asking, I don't really know who stands out to me. I was kind of going through in my head the different people in the um, the King of the Ring tournament that didn't make it to see maybe who would be that person that steps up. But yeah, with the with the draft coming as well, it's so hard to pick. I Braun think maybe, Braun possibly Braun. Yeah, maybe, maybe Baron Corbin after he wins the King of the Ring. Yeah, they I mean, could actually probably have a really good feud because mm-hmm. Baron Corbin he's such a good heel and. Kofi's such a likable guy, so I think they'd clash pretty well. I will say he's here to stay. <laughs> now, recently we saw kind of Kofi kind of show his aggressive side. Do you want him to maybe continue that, or do you think maybe now that this feud with Randy Orton is, is over, to maybe kind of going back back and forth with the lovable character guy, or just keep going with this aggression that he's been showing the last few weeks? I like the aggression. Hmm. I definitely think it's... He's been such a happy-go-lucky guy for so long. I like seeing the evolution of that character and him getting more angry and just ha- yeah having more aggression. Uh, so, personally, I like it. Yeah, I kind of like the split. I love him coming out with pancakes during a regular episode of SmackDown. And But if someone pushes him on this championship defenses, then he could be a lot more aggressive, right? Well, somebody who was aggressive today was Eric Rowan. And this one of his first big time singles matches, because uh, obviously we know him for for being a wife, for being a bludgeon. But this one with Roman Reigns, Roman bludgeon. Now he's out with Roman Reigns in his big time match. I thought this was a fun match, but what did you guys think? It's just the overall, like we saw a little bit go everywhere in the stands and the fans. Like a little bit, like what were your guys' thoughts when you guys finished this match? Yeah, it's class of champions, but it had a very, very SummerSlam <laughs> vibe of how they like elevated this 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 Roman uh, this this Roman at almost nowhere. I mean, he had a storyline for him. He was definitely in the background for such a, a part of this year, but now he looks like a viable mid card talent. And uh, with uh, Harper showing up, surprisingly, we don't know if this is going to be sort of a new. Were stable. you guys surprised when Harper showed up? I was. Yeah, because you know? I mean, the thing is the rumors have been around for so long that I kind of wrote him off. It wasn't like I, I didn't think he was going to come. It was more like, well, I'm pretty sure that he's going to be something else if they did it. Um, but the idea that any of these guys are both formidable, uh, we don't know if they're a tag team or a stable. Um, then you have someone else on the roster that could be put into mid-card feuds and matches. I mean, this, this is the kind of storytelling we want to build new stars. Yeah, I, um, you know, you say Rowan came out of nowhere, but I've said before, if you go back the past few months, Rowan has looked strong Agreed. for months. Agreed. Even when he first started teaming with Daniel Bryan, he never takes pins. He always, like, it, anytime he's ever put down, it takes more than one person to do it. And even in this match, he kind of dominated uh, Roman Reigns through most of it. Well, and, I guess what I'm saying is, this time last year, he was a bludgeon brother. If you told me you'd be at that spot this year, you'd be like, that guy? That's, that's fair. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, that is, that is, well, actually, I mean, if you told me a bludgeon brother was going to be teaming with Luke Harper at the end of this, I think I'd say, oh, yeah, it makes <laughs> yeah, sense. Yeah, but, totally. But, uh, but you're, I guess in that, in that case, you're right. Yeah, he, he seems like a great monster heel to have. I don't know with Luke Harper coming back. I don't know how to feel because I always liked Luke Harper, but it feels like they built Rowan up to be this great, credible singles guy, and now I'm worried he's just going to go back to being a, a bludgeon brother. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know how to feel about him coming back just yet. I hope that there's more to this and they don't end the build that they've been doing. What do you think is next for this feud? Because one of my favorite things about this feud is that every single week there's something different. First it was about Roman and Daniel Bryan, which, by the way, where do you guys think Daniel Bryan fits in this storyline? Is he pretty much done with it, or does he go do something else? Or 
What do you I guys would. Think? I mean, once you slap him across the face, saying "I hate liars," there's no reason why Daniel Bryan would come back to that. Uh, if he somehow announces a mastermind, it, it would work storyline, but it would be fairly no. cheap, right? No. It would be like, oh wait, why would you go backwards? The question you want to ask is, what does Roman do? How does he even the odds? Well, I, I want to get to that right now, but I, I would hate if Daniel Bryan came back and said he was the mastermind because. Rowan slammed him through the announce table. And I hate whenever they do something where someone literally beats up somebody and says, oh, no, we, we just pretended to beat each other. <laughs> right? Like, that's, that's a terrible plan if your plan is to throw someone through a table to fool someone else. Uh, my, here, my plan is you're going to throw me through an announce table so that we get the chance to throw you through an announce table. And we'll laugh about it. Right? Like, so I, that would bother me. I would say if I was just to... Uh, kind of armchair booking right now, I would say I think Daniel Bryan comes back and we get a tag team match. Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns versus the Bludgeon Brothers. I'm going to tell you one of my favorite things about this feud is that because it originally started off as like, oh, it's going to be Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. Daniel Bryan was the one that tried to run him over a car. Daniel Bryan was the one that tried to do this. But so from that, then we got Buddy Murphy suddenly, you know, creeping up out of nowhere and having mm-hmm. these awesome matches. Then you have Luke, Luke, uh, Eric Rowan come Samoa in. Samoa Joe too. Co- you know, Samoa Joe was thrown in. They're like, there's what started off as just two guys. It really branched off into like Eric Rowan, Luke Harper, Samoa Joe, Buddy Murphy. Like just from yeah. this one single feud. Right. So I kind of want this feud to continue just to see that what other branches are going to grow off from this feud. Is it all going to come back? Even though maybe they're not aligned, is it all going to come back to to Roman versus Daniel Bryan? Because what does Daniel Bryan do from now. Yeah, I would love to see it keep going and keep growing and bringing in other random people that don't seem like they would be involved with this kind of thing because it's something that could become a bigger because they didn't really explain why Roman did it. See, that's what I've always been curious to like why did why was Roman targeted? That's what I want to know. Right. right. But he never really got an answer to. So I would love to see it grow beyond just this. And yeah, see something big happen with it. Sure. Absolutely. We saw something big happen in the Raw Women's Championship match, at least in my opinion. This is my favorite match of the night. Uh, Becky Lynch champion against Sasha Banks challenger. Uh, now, we saw these two face off against each other years ago in NXT, but never to this. Uh, we saw maybe other times, too, but never to this uh Extremity in Clash of the Champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys think of this match? Because I, again, this was my favorite match of the night. I, 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 I'm not upset that it ended in DQ because that means I can see more of it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I liked it. It was one of my favorite matches that ended in a DQ. I, uh, I really like how this whole storyline has felt so emotional. Mm-hmm. It's felt like they really are sinking their teeth into it, and I believe that they really hate each other. I'm buying into the whole thing, and even the way they're doing their moves and everything else feels like they're really into it. One of my favorite little moments was uh, when Sasha Banks had Lynch in the bank statement. You could see on Becky's face she really sold that she was in pain and it was just I really love this match as well. Uh, I'm okay with the DQ. My one kind of hesitation on it is it seems like they're going to go to hell in a cell and the way Becky Lynch beat up Sasha Banks, I don't know why Sasha Banks would ever want to get in a cell with Becky Lynch after that. Uh, it's usually we, like it, it's usually the other way, like where the heel is supposed to be the one that beats down the face, and the face will courage through it and find a way to win. But if you're if you're Sasha Banks, if you're the heel, don't you kind of go, oh, never mind, I'll find someone else to, <laughs> to pick on. Yeah. But so far, I overall I did love the I love the uh, the scene with the chair too, where she was sitting on the chair putting in the uh, disarmor. Get- that was, uh, I think it was, if it wasn't the longest, it was definitely the second longest match of the night after the, the Kofi match. Uh, I liked it. I like the fact that Sasha can still go. Uh, very similar to what your point is, I think they spent so much time 
outside the ring and Sasha getting beat up there and having the DQ in her favor that it to me it seems pretty decisive like it was a DQ victory for, for uh, Sasha but it really felt like a loss so how does she recover as far as like no I'm going to give you something else to make you hate me more mm-hmm. so we can do it again uh, that remains to be seen so do you want to see it in a Hell in a Cell match? Um, it makes sense I, I mean it's the hottest storyline right now I just feel like I, I have not been impressed with Sasha's return uh, I think her, 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 she could have done a lot more to make it more dastardly. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's pretty goes, I'm a bad person now. It just took it at face value. Um, so I think now this buildup is really a chance for her to do things and make it go, I want to see Sasha get beat up. As opposed to being, oh, Sasha has blue hair. <laughs> I, thought, I think her promos have been good. They've been, um, they've been kind of uh, slimy, not slimy heel, but just like you know her talking about how she made all these big changes while she's away and it just being the the blue hair i think she knows that just changing your hair isn't a big deal and her Mm -hmm. selling it like it is like it's a big deal is what is heel about her right um so she's not like the intimidating heel or the um i'm gonna do these horrible things heel she's kind of the obnoxious heel i guess and i think she's been doing that well we're gonna see how that goes because we still have bailey Kind of is she a babe? I know she's a heel. I, I consider her a heel, but mm-hmm. just whole friendship with Sasha Banks kind of throws everything off. But we did see Bailey up against Charlotte. Uh, I know, I know you guys are going to be very. I know you're going to be very you know, on this <laughs> wow. match because it, for the SmackDown Women's I'm Championship shoot over match, a little bit. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to let you go have at it because I, I got my thoughts, but I really want to know what you thought of this Bailey versus Charlotte uh, quicker than a hiccup match. Go for it. He'll be. So I'm, not, I'm, I'm not, not going to choose Flobo. Last time I went first. Uh, what? Um. Wow. So the match was. <laughs> the match was three minutes long. I don't understand the point of the match. You know what I'm saying? So so Charlotte was 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 dominating it, and she lost because of an exposed turnbuckle, which is a very heel move for Bailey. Um, if you're going to turn Bailey heel, you have to give me a reason why. Is 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 it because I'm the champion? I don't get the respect I deserve. Is it someone where it's like you 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 always thought I'm a happy-go-lucky person, but it's a new attitude? You're just telling me you're a bad person because you're a role model because your friend is a bad person too. So I'm not invested in that. So you made more interesting but made the, making a storyline a lot more confusing and if you're going to do that if you're going to say you're a role model you're helping your friends out her running away doesn't seem very formidable as well so is she cowardly well is she supposed to be a technical subversion sub- i don't know what happened there so there's a lot of things going on three and a half minutes long trying to go full rage there but uh the match was fine child looked very very strong i'm sure you're going to have more of it next time um i just don't see i think in the this this mission to make bailey more approachable and more dynamic you're totally cutting her for character at the knees for whatever reason I loved this match. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. I loved that Charlotte dominated, and I loved that uh, Bailey used a terrible heel trick and ran away. I think that was our moment. Because oh, the build-up to this whole thing was very, is she or isn't she a heel? Mm-hmm. What are we supposed to think? And this was her, I think, embracing the dark side. And I think she was scared to lose her title. I think she knows she did something bad. She knows she cheated, and that's why she grabbed her title and ran away. Because okay. she, she, I think the character is supposed to be embarrassed and ashamed she did it because she wants to be the role model, but she knows she can't be the role model. She's not winning, and sometimes to win, you got to cheat. So last Tuesday on SmackDown, uh, Ember Moon was like, Bailey, this ain't you. And she goes, I'm doing it for the women's division. So you're saying... Her her mission now is just to hold on to that, that belt by any means necessary, and that makes it 
have you seen the kind of person Charlotte Flair can be? What kind just, of role just, model could Charlotte Flair no, be I, for this division? I feel like there was. You know who could be a good one? Bailey, and she did the right thing. If you're going to do the Messiah complex, you got to go full tilt. If you're going to do the Cowley Hill, you got to go full tilt. No, you just can't no, be all she's at not once. Being a Messiah, she's be, she's just she's not trying to say I'm a, a Messiah. She's just trying to say I'm a good role model and I'm the champion. Right. But she and she doesn't want to give it up. Okay. That's the that best kind of heel is the one that is doing the wrong things for the reasons they think are right. I mean, yeah, if you're Lex Luthor, believing them as he's a calculated like bad person, you feel like there is a four or five different ways you can make Bailey a heel, and no one wants everyone wants to hedge their bets. And it's like let's give her all the attributes at once. That's all I'm saying. No, I think I think what's going to happen is we're going to see a promo from her on Tuesday for Lucky, and it's going to mm-hmm. be it's going to explain a little bit. I think. The thing is, she's going to be that heel that keeps trying to act and show that she's not a heel, but then when it matters, she does a heel thing. Cool. When, when cool. you said you like this match, her, her name's Charlotte. She's wrestling in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. She's from Charlotte. Queen City? How is this going to be a three-minute match and you like it? If you would have told me, like, oh, man, like Charlotte's going to wrestle in her hometown. It's going to be big for the Women's Championship. And then, like, you, I would have never thought this would have been a three-minute match. Mm-hmm. I get, like, the storyline purpose of it, but, like, I don't know. Like, this is so disappointing. Like, I thought this was going to be a good back-and-forth battle with Bailey ending, finishing exactly the way she did. Yeah, Jack. Just, like, just yeah. longer than what it was. I think they wanted to make the crowd disappointed because they wanted to get the booze. They wanted to get the negative reaction. Where they What they didn't want is this is awesome chance, which the crowd seemed ready, willing, and able to do at times that didn't necessarily call for it tonight. But um, I think that's why they wanted to keep it short. Plus, they probably had time. They had, I think, roughly 62 matches to get through tonight. <laughs> so, uh, um, I mean, obviously, as a from a technical standpoint, it wasn't like a great match, but I, I love the way it played out, personally. Well, another match we saw, another championship match, was for the <laughs> SmackDown Tag Team Championship, which the the Revival defeated the New Day for the t- for the championships. And a little brief, brief history, I'm sure they mentioned it on commentary, uh, the first champ, the first team, 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 to everyone, NXT, Raw, and SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I say team because Chad Gable is the first, Jason Jordan's the first mm-hmm. person ever, mm-hmm. but Revo were the first team. Right. Do you think yeah. they were the right team to be have this distinct honor? That's, that seems crazy. Hey. It seems uh, it seems crazy how, to how, me how, that how, they how. were the first team to do that. I could have. That's what I'm saying. If you if you didn't mention if you didn't bring this up and you just said how many teams have won the NXT, SmackDown, and Raw Tag Team titles, I would have been like three. Two, sure. three. I would. It feels like it's been done before. I'm blown away that no one has done it. Hmm. Well, I mean, Jordan and Gable won it separately, uh, so they were the first so people. Maybe that's why. So revival is three and four. Dawson and on Dash are three and four. Um, so that, maybe that's why I'm thinking. But it just it seems like someone else would have done that. So I'm actually just surprised that it hasn't mm-hmm. happened before. Um, I like the revival. I think the revival mm-hmm. are a great team. So I'm happy to see them win. Uh, I did think it was funny. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but uh, they kept talking about how uh, um, Woods' leg was injured and he had a little knee brace on it. The whole time, Dash had this massive knee brace on his, and no one mentions anything. <laughs> He's fine. He's like, he, I thought that was just a funny little thing that no one, no one wanted to mention the massive leg brace he was working with while Woods had this little thing. That's it's like, like oh, brother. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hurt. Watch out for that one. Yeah. So what's next for the revival? I mean, you got to have this 
like I mean this tag division that you have on one end you have this thrown together Rude and Ziggler uh, <laughs> team and then you have the Smackdown championships which the revival not thrown together at least they were the same tights uh, have the same music but like so what's like and think about it, like is our Usos gonna come back but we kind of already saw Usos versus revival like a few months ago so like right. what is next for the revival I, I think that's probably the reason why they're in a SmackDown division. You have this team that's pretty much solid, but they can't find a way to, to, to I don't want to say get over it, but to stand out in the mm-hmm. raw brand. So if you're going to go back to the old adage at SmackDown's wrestling base, you cut those guys out there with heavy machinery or what have you every couple of weeks. They build that confidence in that division up. The New Day is always in the back. They always get the rematch, too. I mean, and Kofi still has the, the WWE Championship. So there's street, still some permanent. Street Profits are like knocking on main roster's door. Yeah, Street Profits yeah. is hanging out there, too. So And some other thrown together groups. So, I mean, I, I think they're fine. And it's better on SmackDown for them for now. They just got to decide what this main roster revival look like. Yeah, I think they're going to be working with uh, Randy Orton a bit longer because they've been doing that whole uh, FTRKO thing. Mm-hmm. They have new nice. shirts and things like that. They on social media they're still putting hashtag FTRKO, and so I have a feeling that's going to continue in one form or another. But we'll see. I hope so. I really like that three. I- person tandem yeah they they it looks i think it's good for them to have someone like randy orton that can be sort of a, a leader for them yeah a legacy thing one more. other tag team that we saw was alexa bliss and nikki cross going up against fire and desire sonya deville and mandy rose uh but in the middle of it we saw another championship get defended the 24 7 now considering <laughs> alexa bliss went for the pin on r-truth in the middle of the match that counts as a title defense that r-truth kicked out and it successfully defended his title, right? I think so. Technically, yes. All right, so what, 12 titles were on the line tonight. Yeah. <laughs> wow. wow. What value, guys? Yeah. But do you think that spot maybe diminished a little bit of this match? Or, did you know, I thought this was a good match, but it was just regardless of, of that interference? I think it was fine. Only because the 24-7 championship is fun, but it's been so devalued that mm. there's nothing you can do. I mean, it'd be kind of dis- disappointing if it was like the it was Hell in a Cell or just Sasha versus <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, if it's between a, a tag team match or a mid-card title match, whatever, dude, it's been done. How great would it be if the, that whole thing happened behind The Fiend at the end? You see our truth uh, running around behind Seth him. Is out. There's our truth. Oh my God. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a fine match. I thought the whole, the whole thing, it felt more like this match was on here because they needed to have every title defended than because this was a well-built feud. Um, I thought I thought Fire and Desire were going to win the titles. Cause I don't know who else uh, Cross and Bliss feud with after this. Yeah, I, you can't dig up Asuka and Kyrie again, pretty much. Yeah, that would feel very pulled out of nowhere. And um, the Iconics have been gone for a long time, and... I mean, I guess that's about it. I don't know what other tag teams are there. Mm-hmm. So it does sound like they're going to do a, like another hard split for for the Raw and SmackDown. How do you? How would you book this division as far as women's tag team championships? Do you kind of make it a point to say, hey, these are the women's tag team titles? You know, you get to go through any brand that you want, or do you just have them on one brand only? Uh, if you're asking me personally, it's more valuable to have it uh, have exclusive championships. I know the Cruiserweight title is going to NXT, for example, but if it was like, hey, Cruiserweight action is exclusively on Raw, that's the benefit of watching Raw, that's totally fine. Because uh, you having these uh, tag team, uh, the women's tag team champions going to shows, shows cutting promos because the roster isn't there, it doesn't make the title any more prestigious. You're just talking about a belt instead of fighting over mm-hmm. it. So if I was the GM, I'll definitely have uh, exclusivity. Yeah, I agree. I think especially if they want to make the split for real this time. I know they say that every time, but let's say for real this time. You can't start that with the premise that there's going to be champions going to both brands. Because mm-hmm. that immediately muddies the waters. I think you need to completely divide it and say they're only on one show. Uh, which would then make me think just because 
the roster size you'd have to have basically all female tag teams on one side and all singles on the other. Mm-hmm. And that's that's probably how I'd break it up and maybe divide, I don't know divide up so there's only one women's champion I don't know how you do that maybe I, I didn't think that through but basically <laughs> you, you can't you can't have people going back and forth we're gonna find out in a couple weeks after this hard split that they do finally I guess it was announced for October 11th Smackdown and October 14th Raw very telling that Smackdown goes first yeah I guess for so. a change for, yeah. Yeah, for once I mean it's, it's on Fox so I guess that kind of maybe we'll see how it plays right. out right. but uh, we we see we saw the Miz not gonna go in for the record but tying the record of nine time Intercontinental Champion with Chris Jericho maybe, I guess maybe uh, Jericho can maybe be more he's a ten time Intercontinental Champion right I think Jericho's at nine and, and Miz would have been if he got ten but would you say uh, Jericho's at ten because of that New Japan Intercontinental Champion? No, no, no. Alright, alright. Speaking of New Japan, we had The Miz going up against Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, but my question for you, we, all, we know Nakamura won. I don't, we, all, we all saw the match. But my question for you is like, do you think somebody like The Miz, who's been with the company for a long time, to me, he's a top star, should he be wrestling for the top title? It's hard to say with the Miz. Um, fantastic talent, been here very, very long, but this this version, this baby face, baby face Miz version, cannot connect with the crowd. It's like, yeah, he has the Miz CV segments, that's great, but when he has actual matches, pin drops, the bathroom break match. So I don't know if there's a certain aspect he's missing or a, a certain quality of level of opponent, but to him to go over the top title, we have to care about him first. He's only won like twice since he turned face. I think mm-hmm. that's got to be a big reason for it. One of those was against Andrade, and the other one is I'm just making an extra one up because I'm sure there was another one in there. Yeah. I, I can't even figure out who that was. Uh, so it's hard to connect as a baby face who's going to fight for things when you lose every single time. Um, it, it was shocking to me as I was watching this thinking, both these guys have main evented WrestleMania. Yeah. And here they are in a completely pointless match that I don't think anyone re- really cares about. Absolutely. Um, so it, uh, yeah, it just... Um, it was just weird to see that. Yeah, and Sami Zayn selling his choke slam uh, and the neck brace and all that, because he's like, "Oh man, I got choke slam on Tuesday." Just, <laughs> Probably. I don't know if anybody caught that, but uh, we we might have had some technical difficulties. But that's how show. That's how much it shows that the Miz's face turn has been right. Right. <laughs> right. Who knows? Like, it's just it's just full of technical difficulties, and it's happened again, over and over again, whatever. Yeah. Can you guys hear me in the booth? Yeah. Oh, you heard everything. Okay. <laughs> All right. Just, it just our mic, our, a little break in the fourth wall here, but our microphones keep cutting in and out, or our headsets keep cutting in and out. But we're just gonna keep going. If you guys heard everything about it, so Pretty we're just gonna keep going. Okay, doesn't sound good on our ends, but we're just gonna keep going. We're just gonna keep on going. <laughs> we're yeah. gonna keep on going. We, all thought, we all thought the same thing, yeah. this, honestly, <laughs> but it's perfectly fine. But well, we, we let's talk about AJ Styles. Uh, I was shocked when I saw that he was gonna be on the kickoff show, but. I looked at it as a as a way to get people to watch the kickoff show. What did you guys think? Yeah, I know, I know on paper you're like, oh man, pre-shows. Ugh. But you know, honestly, we love AJ, but the US title has not really meant anything for a while. And it's not AJ's fault. It's just the way that, that belt's been booked, like even compared to the IC title. So having it as one of the two marquee matches that you can buy into, that's fine. Because it would have been lost in the shuffle otherwise. I think they use the pre-show strategically. And, I think, and what I mean by that is... I think they knew they wanted AJ to win, but they didn't want Cedric to lose any of the push he's been getting. So the way you have AJ beat him is to do it on the pre-show when less people are watching and less people are going to see him lose. Right. Now, he 
kind of crushed Cedric, but I think that was a time issue. I think, yeah, I don't know. Like, I was a big fan of the match, but it was, I felt like it was too short to get it going. There was something about it that just, like, it was great while it lasted. It reminded me of, like, WrestleMania 22 when it was Ray, Angle, and Orton. It was probably the best eight-minute match you'll ever see in your life. But it was, like, the last eight of what could have been, like, a great 20-minute match. I don't know. Like like you said, I think it kind of, not buried. I want to go as far as say buried Cedric. But it did kind of make it seem like he wasn't on AJ's level, which is fair because AJ's amazing. Yeah, because he beat him so definitively. Yeah, too. right. It was one of the things because he had the forearm, the size clash, center of the ring, no shenanigans. Uh, but again, I think I think that's just a timing thing. I think it was one of those things where they probably just got told, "Hey, you got three minutes. Good luck." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do you think it elevates the U.S. title too. If you have the person holding the belt actually having a decisive victory, I know Cedric will come back tomorrow and actually have a decent feud. But mm-hmm. I didn't really like this angle to begin with because Cedric was chilling out backstage, got attacked by the OC, mm-hmm. and then he gets a match. So I mean, it, it ended the way it did, and I think that Cedric is going to be pretty much safe. We're going to see how it goes because I know with the district, I, I feel like we're going to see Cedric a lot more these days. Uh, rumors are that Paul Heyman's a big fan of him, mm-hmm. so I, I don't like to hear things like, "Oh, well, there goes Cedric's players." No, like. Triple H got buried by the Ultimate Warrior or somebody twelve. I think his career was perfectly turned out to be perfectly fine. Imagine okay. if it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All because of that one that one WrestleMania twelve thing. But another saw another match we saw in the pre-show uh, was the Cruiserweight Championship match. Now they're all great. Drew Gulak is is amazing. I'm not really too sold on Alberto Carrillo just yet. Fair. Some of his moves I just feel like need to be more crisper. But I want to know what you guys think about this. Another rumor that says it's going to be incorporated into NXT. Yeah. Do you? think that's a good idea? I mean, 205 Live has been great this past few months. It has been. Now it's going to be maybe in a smaller arena. Like, how does that work, Frank? What did you guys think when you saw might be incorporated into this NXT bubble? I'm for, well, for, for the match was, was great. Uh, weird win, because Lindsay had a shoulder up. Um, but, yeah. but it was weird. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's fine for it. Uh, I do think there's that talent there it's, that's developmenting. A lot of them are in Florida, and they go back and forth. I mean, uh, Umberto Carrillo is on both brands. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that Cruiserweight title is always going to be regulated to the pre-show. And the one time it wasn't, I think it was at Money in the Bank or something like that. Yeah, it was kind of weird, it being there. Or so, like Super Showdown. Or yeah, something. yeah, those, those weird ones that were non-canon. So you got to really give it a spot to have people develop and have eyeballs on it. So you have three main brands, main events for international audiences. There's no room for 205. Yeah, I think it's going to be better for for everyone on NXT. NXT yeah, gets more eyeballs, and it's going to give them more time to do stuff. It's going to also let them have more people go for the title uh, mm-hmm. by having a bigger roster. Because so many people on NXT probably are under 205 anyways. So it'll give them the chance to be a part of, of that uh, division without having to feel like you're suddenly putting a bunch of people in it. And it'll give them the ability, like people like a Gulak, to jump into NXT title without it seeming like, why is this random 205 guy here? And especially because you really think about it, like the US, what would have more eyeballs, the USA Network or the WWE Network? Like the possibility okay. of somebody channel surfing and finding finding this amazing match with, you know, Kushida against Drew Gulak or whoever, you know, like that you can't channel surf and get into the WWE network. Right. Like that's literally impossible. Right. Where right. now you got this this 
the cruiserweight. I mean, I like it overall. I mean, I, I think it. I, I just hope it doesn't open up a possibility for, let's say, like a Johnny Gargano to go for the cruiserweight title because I think he's above that. Even though weight wise, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think he will. You think he'll go after the cruiserweight championship? Yeah, yeah, there's nowhere else to go. And and the WWE doesn't really have a a branding for the cruiserweight division. Like WWE's cruiserweight division back in the day was very clear what you got. Even TNA's yeah. X division. You know what? what I'm kind of curious. Like, yeah, I want to uh, elaborate. Well, because at the time they try to push the high the high speed action, right? Okay. Especially the towards the late period when we had the, the tag team division. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with the X division where it wasn't restricted by weight, it was kind of understood like most cruiserweight no limits or whatever. They are. Right. So WWE's cruiserweight division, yeah, they're guys of a certain weight class, but you know you got guys like Drew Gulak, you got guys like Cedric, and you have guys like Umberto Carrillo, and it's like they're it is kind of like a, a sub sub brand in its own right. So if you have someone like Argano who's a premier talent on that brand that can give it a little bit more of a form. Who do you think is next for Drew Gulak? And mind you, this is an NXT that's starting up this Wednesday yeah. um, live on the USA Network. Like, do you think somebody from there is going to automatically, you know, challenge Drew Gulak? I think it could be Gargano. I yeah. really do. I think that's going to be his next thing. If it's not Kushida, then definitely Gargano. Kushida, yeah, that could be it too because yeah. he's he's been on two five also. Uh, I'm, I'm a big guy. I'm a big fan of Jordan Miles. He's yes. good, yeah. He's a little, he little heavy. Yeah. He's small. He's pretty small. Uh, and I, I've seen him in person. He's, yeah. He's, I guess he goes to the gym. I mean, if he's two, if he's not 205, then he must be, like, yoked full of muscle. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, fib, they fib on those weights, too. I'm sure there's a bunch of people who are a bit over, but they just go, eh, you're close enough. Sure. Like, Buddy Murphy, I don't think, was ever under 205. We're going we're gonna to start right, right. I heard he actually was. I heard the one that wasn't was Cedric. Uh, just something that I heard. I heard Buddy was, Cedric was not. But we're going to start wrapping up in uh, in about a minute or so. But I want to just get just really quick thoughts because next time we meet is going to be for Hell in a Cell. But by that time, we're going to have WWE Raw Monday, AEW and NXT Wednesdays. SmackDown is going to be Fox. Like, there's going to be so much happening by the time we meet up again. Uh, yes, we will bring back Jack yes. um, for, for our Hell in a Cell after show. Like, what is something that you're looking forward to just overall as a wrestling fan in the next couple weeks? Man, I'm excited. Right, I'm just excited to see what this new era brings with mm-hmm. the new channels and the new shows. Because I think everyone is this 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 paper. We feel like everyone kind of held back, like took in, inhaled a little bit, and now we're going to see the exhale with all the stuff that they're going to be giving us. So I'm excited for some pretty crazy stuff to happen in the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I'm also curious about the presentation. I know they said SmackDown's going to have a more sports look. I'm not sure if it's going to translate to the pay per views. Are they going to keep with the Raw presentation? All that's just rumors. It's going to be a fun, fun time to be a wrestling fan. I know you guys are going to talk about it tomorrow on Raw, on yeah. NXT. You guys are here on AfterBuzz TV. But just overall, where can people find you, whether it's here at AfterBuzz or on social media? Yeah, you can find me at jackcfarmer.com as well as at realjackfarmer across all social media. You can also find me on the AfterBuzz for Raw and the AfterBuzz for NXT with this fella here. Hey. And you can also find me at the Hell in a Cell AfterBuzz with... Both these fine gentlemen. Hey! Uh, hey guys, at Boys on Twitter, at Flobito on Instagram, and Flobito.com. Get your heel Beto stickers at Flobito.threadless.com. I got merch! Tell a friend. <laughs> a heel Beto? Yeah, heel I want it. Uh, you can follow me at G Hermosa, G H E R M O Z A. I'm here at AfterBuzz TV. Tomorrow I'm going to be covering Monday Night Raw in Espanol. Anybody who speaks Spanish, tune into that here on AfterBuzz TV Latino at 10 p.m. Uh, during the week, I'll be doing AfterBuzz uh, or After 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. Uh, <coughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, well, that's, that's, that's everything. Uh, in the meantime, I want everybody to have a great night, great month. We'll see you next month at Hell in a Cell After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. 
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 